Welcome to The Jesus Follower, a podcast about helping ordinary people be close to an extraordinary God. The goal? To help you experience the life you were designed to live in the good times, tough times, and in the moments that nobody else sees. All right. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. Hello, Daniel. Hey. Good to be with you this morning. Good to be with all of you this morning on Wednesday. Yeah. Good. <laughs> we were talking. We recorded this on a Monday, but we have to remember that it's Wednesday, not confuse the people. That's right. But uh, so we have this sermon on Monday. You definitely preached it on Monday. No, it was on Sunday. But so we're, we're here after the sermon and uh, on a Wednesday. Great to see you all. We're going to get into a lot of things today. We got a big show ahead of us. Um, we're going to fit it into a half hour or less. No promises there. But um, but yeah, so let's get into it. We did it last week um, on this episode. And uh, so, so we're recording these Friday episodes ahead since they're topical. They're not related to what we're doing week by week. And the sermons are pretty set. You know, we record those on Sunday. So this week, or the Wednesday episodes are really our chance to fill you in on what's going on in our church throughout the week, as well as go over the sermon on Sunday. But I really enjoyed last week how we just talked about the good things that happened on Sunday. And really, for me, serves as a... a uh, you know, audio diary of sorts to document where we have been because we easily forget these things that happen, especially yeah, when true. they're not recorded in the live stream or um, wherever. It just a lot happens. It gets lost in our memory. So um, I want to start again this week. What happened good on Sunday that we want to remember that's worth noting, but that might not have, uh, uh, you know, made it into right out front in the live stream or what have you in that way? Yeah, I, I think um, it was just a, a real blessing in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I looked at, you know, we were blessed this Sunday and if you got to watch the live stream or you got to, to listen in, uh, we were blessed to have our first uh, choir in a while that was has been working and been uh, preparing for for this time for several weeks now and and just just being able to to hear such a full sense of worship and just to to feel an, an excitement to be able to worship in that way was really encouraging I thought I felt like that there was freedom in the service that people were genuinely uh, just worshiping the King of Kings and and striving to focus on him and and uh, I just I, I really felt like it was that's what one of the things it just felt free you know it felt like we were able to to have freedom to do that yesterday and mm -hmm. and um, and it was just a, a really special and sweet time I think uh, of, of worship and it was just you know I heard a lot of people they just really enjoyed being in the presence of the king and that was that's really sweet to hear uh, that kind of focus and that kind of mentality in the in the process of it all you know yeah, I, it was such a sweet time. I so appreciate um, Dan Pryor. He's a, a guy at our church. He did the music here for, uh, what, 40-plus years, 50-plus yeah, yeah. even, and was a um, choir teacher in the local schools here for a long time. Him and his wife have been here forever, and um, he's just been so humble. So we did this thing where typically have a worship band at our church and I play acoustic guitar and lead. That's kind of the setup that we typically have. But for this Easter, we had the idea of having a worship choir on stage to go with backing tracks and to just kind of have a more communal feel to what we're doing up on stage. And I asked Dan Pryor to direct the choir with his experience. And he's just been so, um, such a great picture of the gospel in the way that he he's he's not out for himself, and it's yeah. clear that he doesn't feel like he has anything to prove or no power to gain by doing this. It's not about him, and in that it promotes the choir. I feel like to worship better because yeah. of his testimony and his expertise in that. But even just like the picture of uh, uh, Christ that the, the verse that says he did not count uh, his equality with God, something to be grasped yeah. he, in this, he doesn't feel like his expertise or something is grounds for him to lord it over others or be mean or be whatever. He's just very, deferential and letting me lead in the, the situation being humble in that way, even though he does have more 
experience, probably knowledge than I do in that way. And in that leading the choir, it's, it's just such a, uh, such an encouragement to me as a younger person to know oh, that yeah. you can lead well in those ways without having to assert yourself or feel like you have to, uh, you know, show muscle at any point right, or right. to show that you have power to be insecure about it. He's just been such a great picture of in his experience being humble and leading so that no one has to really see or know all that he's done, yeah. but that can still lead from behind in that way yeah and i I think i think that's another real real beautiful thing about what god has done and is doing is that you know people are just coming together you know and and the choir was kind of an expression of that i think that you know people were willing to come out and practice week after week a big long practice on Uh thursday for three hours and nobody was begrudgingly you know coming out or you know they were actually excited uh and looking forward to it and and dan you know lord like you said really worked through dan i think of cindy and lord laying on her heart to the decoration piece of it some of the decorate you know and just it just felt like that everybody was just coming together to worship the king you know just for his glory and that that's really sweet and that's what it's about i think is is coming together in his name for his glory and and being willing like you said to uh you know and essentially dan you know just discipling and and loving and leading and and really just always with the mentality even though he has been here much longer than both of us combined (laughs) you know but his his humility and and instead of I guess what you would say, lording it over, uh, but just coming alongside and wanting to walk together, yes. uh, you know, has been a, a real breath of fresh air and and really sweet to be a part of, and just that spirit in that. There's freedom there, I think, and and yeah. unity there, and and that was that was really it, it, really sweet. Just added to it, and so many people being a part of it, uh, being a part of the because I mean, you think about the number. You know, usually on Sunday mornings, you have the you know, you have a lot of people doing things, but this was like a lot of people in a part of the the worship service. You know, with the choir, with with you, with the, the message. With the, I mean, there was just a lot of stuff happening, uh, but it didn't feel uh, overwhelming. It, it felt just like it was a joyous occasion. You know, yes, and that was really a sweet, sweet spirit. It was sweet. I'm getting that sense the more we move through these weeks that God is doing something in the hearts of his people and just even refreshing his word in people's hearts and providing that humility. It was really great on Thursday mornings. <laughs> we call it the best kept secret that we have as a church. We, we've been gathering on Thursday mornings to uh, just pray. We yeah. typically, you know, you think of a, a prayer meeting and there's uh, we, at least in my experience, not a ton of prayer happening at a prayer meeting traditionally. Right, right. In the yeah. sense of you, you talk, and then there's preaching and all of that. But this time, we just tried to uh, consecrate to uh, prayer for an hour and a half, eight thirty to ten. Yeah. And um, it was just me and one other lady here this week, yeah. and uh, it was so sweet. She said she was reading in her word. And I, I'm pretty sure this was a passage, but Ephesians three, uh, fourteen through. Uh, 19, I believe it says, um, just to remind you, for this reason, I kneel before the father who, uh, for, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And if you've been in the faith for a while, that's a passage that's quoted often. You're probably reading it often. If you're reading through the the, uh, epistles, it's easier to read. It's a well-known passage, but um, this lady just said it was just so powerful in her life and that she read it and she'd never really read it like that before and that getting it and really like understanding on a heart level what that is. And that just convicted me and encouraged me like you can read these words, but then you can read these words and to know that God's love does surpass knowledge and that we're able to experience that in Christ 
and explore that by his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the reality of that, what that actually means to our life, and that just hit her this week. She shared that with me. And that was so, yeah, encouraging and convicting because you get to a spot more often than not as a Jesus follower with our sin yeah. that you wake up and it's uh, just another day. You do the things you have to do and then you're done. Yeah. But in Christ, if there is a way to experience God's love that surpasses knowledge, yeah. then that shatters everything that we would otherwise come into the day with because of Christ being there, coming in on top of what we know to be real and what we take for granted. He redefines those things, and he did that in her heart this week, and that was just beyond encouraging. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and that's, you know, just as, as we've talked about so much, and I think that's it's hard to really put words to it when it's revealed to you. You know, you like you said, you, you read the Word, but when the Word comes alive— in your heart and in your life, and you truly begin to understand it and to digest it truly. I mean, it takes a whole nother, uh, gives it a whole nother look, I think. And, and Jesus being that central figure, when you, when you start to understand some of the depth and, uh, and to comprehend it and to experience that love in your life, I mean, it just, it makes everything look different. And, and I think it's something that as we've had our discussions, as we've doing these podcasts and as, you know, as we study the word as Jesus followers, that's what we, we come to find out is that, you know, it, we have our way of thinking, but his is, it supersedes all that we sometimes can comprehend or even think like it's mm -hmm. his is, is so much more the exceptional, more the, 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 the powerful more. I mean, his is just so much greater that it's, it's hard to, to truly process and comprehend it all. Right. And I think even with what you preached on Sunday, and that was on Monday's show, is that that really ties into very practically what we're experiencing as a church. So let's hop into this passage here. So on Sunday, um, you preached from Luke 23, 39 through 43, and this is um, the... Passion Week, if you will. So yeah. Palm Sunday on Sunday, we're talking about the thief on the cross. So in a, a few sentences, can you give us just a rundown of the main point of that message, just to remind us from Sunday and Monday on the show and why, uh, well, well, let's just start there. What was uh, the gist of what was said? Yeah, I think it's I think it's similar from what that lady shared with you. I mean, I really believe that as as I as I read it, I saw some videos through the week on, on Instagram and uh, you know just just looking at the thief on the cross. And you know the the thief on the cross is so like outside of like our church culture in America, outside of like what we would expect to happen. I mean, everything mm -hmm. about that is like you know, you know, we would never imagine that that he would be the one taken up for Jesus in those last moments. We would never imagine that he would be the one that would be. Jesus would say, "Today you'll be with me in paradise," because you know he didn't have any he didn't have any of the criteria like he that that we would expect. You know, he didn't repeat a prayer. He wasn't baptized. He probably never. I just heard this uh, this morning was reminded. He never tithed. Probably he never like he mm -hmm. never did any of the uh, any of the things that that we so often think about when it comes to being a follower of course he didn't have a whole lot of time he was on death row but i or he was he was actually dying he was in the process of dying and so i, I think the main thing is that it it all comes down to it's so cliche but it all comes down to jesus like, like it's, yeah. it's that, you know, Jesus. And sometimes we get real caught up in what we identify as the steps, but really it's literally knowing Jesus. Like, like it's, yeah. it's meeting the guy on the center cross. Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's truly coming to an understanding. And in the process of that, and I think it's such a picture, the closer we get, no matter where we, doesn't matter how long we've been a Christian or how lost we may be, the closer we get to Jesus, the more things, certain things like with the thief on the cross are going to come out. You know what? I am guilty. You know what? This guy is perfect. 
You know, this God man mm-hmm. is perfect. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be bad mouthing him because we deserve anything we get because of our sin. Uh, but what we yeah. do is we just, you know, we're going to cry out to him. Remember, you know, remember us, please, Lord, because I do see my sin. I do see my guilt. I do see what I deserve. And I can't help myself. You know, the thief was mm-hmm. on the cross already, you know, but but the one that could help him was right there. And And I think that so many times we get like, so in just our trying to rationalize and, and logically think through things, we lose sight of what we really need is to know the one on the center cross. Like yes. we don't, we, we don't need to bring like uh, this bag of good works and say here, now will you save me? We don't need to bring Lord, look how smart I am. Can you use me? We don't need to, we just need to come to him as we are. Right. As, as just like the thief deserving of death, the wages of sin is death. And, just say, you know, I, I acknowledge the truth. Like I am a sinner. You are perfect. And I, I just need you because I can't save myself from this cross. You know, I can't save myself from the judgment that I deserve. The only hope that I have is you. And and I just see that desperation in there. I see that, uh, that picture there that was so powerful to me. Uh, and I know myself, as long as I've been blessed to be a Christian, there's been many times that, that I've got wrapped up in, what we'll call minor things. Yeah. And, and, and people have brought minor things out to me and I've chased rabbits and I've went down this trail and, and all the time, it seems like it, what, what happens is I get distracted from the one on the center cross. Yes. And, and it was just like, it, for me, it was powerfully, it was just something that brought me back. I feel like the Lord just said, look, it's always going to be my son. Like you, you, you can have your policies and procedures and your, and your rigid structures and your, but, but goodness gracious, don't ever forget the one on the center cross, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. I I think really the more we're digging into, this has been a theme that you've brought before us for months and months and months now. Your, your whole pastorate thus far has been about let's shed away all extra and focus on Christ Yeah, because that's where that, that's what and who matters. And I think what faith does, I think there's a notion on some level that you hear the things like faith can move mountains or faith is the victory that old hymn, And then those things are true, but I think it can lead to an expectation that faith is the tool by which we do great things. Yeah. So I think the, uh, the logical pathway, especially in our church life is uh, it could be, led towards calling a bluff a little bit where we're thought like, yes, sure. Christ is at the center. Christ is all of this, but then let's get to the more important things of ABCD, which are minor quote unquote, but yet drive the church. And there's a, (laughs) a business side of church and a, a, a spiritual side of church. You hear all these things, but really I think what faith does in the scripture is that it propels the worth of Christ in, in that, we see Christ as the point and object of our faith. Faith doesn't start from Christ and lead to action, which is the point. It does lead to action, but the action is not the point. The faith leads to Christ being more exalted in our mind and as the Savior. And I think this is both practically and theologically, this passage is huge, even for our belief um, in the fundamentals even of being of being Baptist. Uh, obviously this doesn't cover a whole swath of theological belief, but there is nothing here that the thief wasn't baptized. Right. He was not a member of a church. He right. did not know the uh, fundamentals of salvation by grace through faith. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't theologically sound. He was a criminal, all of these things, but yet because of Christ, he will be with, he is with God. Yeah. Christ in paradise yeah. today yeah, because of Christ. So I was listening to even that, uh, I was listening to a clip when you came in by uh, Alistair Begg and um, he was making the point that ultimately faith is saying that because like with, with this thief on the cross, if you get to the gates of heaven and you ask, they, they, they ask you, why, why should you be here? Any answer that starts with the first person, I, is not going to be the right answer. And right. the thief could say that he didn't have any, I did this, I did that. He didn't have any of that. The only reason the thief is there is because he, he can answer Christ 
invited me yeah he, he he brought me here yeah and that's the only reason yeah so that it's it's foolishness to the world as scripture says because even and that can seep into that church setting where we want to have good branding we want to have good order and structure and all those things are good but they're only good because we were invited into the kingdom that's by right. Christ. That's right. And who are we to say that we can build up our own little kingdom to to even exalt Christ and have the best of motives when he isn't ultimately at the center of what we're doing? And we can know that because of those things that we're talking about. Yeah. If, if, Christ, if it doesn't really matter for Christ to be at the center, then how Christian are we really being? Right. Yeah, though no, that's that's a great point, and I and I, I think I think everything about this passage. I think I heard that passage by Alistair Begg too, or that little that little mm. excerpt there. But uh, I every everything about this just it points to to Jesus being high and lifted up, and I think that's what to the point even that the the thief and this is something that we talked about. He doesn't his name isn't even mentioned because yeah. you know that that just speaks one you know powerfully to me is that you know it, it it wasn't about it was about what Jesus did you know Jesus's name is the name that needed to be heard in the story and, and and I also love because I I feel like that a lot of us think uh and maybe even some of you watching like you know how could you know God can't use me or you know my my life has just been wreck, a wreckage and and I've made so many mistakes and, uh, and but but you look at this I mean I, it's just amazing to me how God is using the 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 transfer or the the, the salvation experience or the testimony of this thief who was dying mm-hmm. to still speak life in Jesus to oh, our world today. Right. And it's like, you know, for, for you and I to ever say like, look, you know, to put limitations on God and to say, well, how could God use me? How could God take someone who, who's just been so far away in life and, and do anything? I mean, look at this guy. His whole mm-hmm. life was was against God, probably, and, and yet right. at the end he got close enough to Jesus to see his error, to see his need for him, to cry out to him, to defend him against the other thief on the other side, and and and, and then we see that we're still hearing about it today. So you know, for us to put any limitations on or to try, try to take control ourselves on what God wants to do. And that's why I think the yeah. Lord has just laid on, convicted my heart about stripping away all these things because so many of the things that we do tries to put lines on what God's going to do and try to control it instead of just saying, look, I mean, only God can, can redeem a thief on a cross and yeah. use that testimony to reach and impact the world 2,000 years later. You know, mm-hmm. when he's literally dying and, and not going to be alive much longer, you know, right. just incredible. This is incredible truth. I it think. is. And all he did was ask. There yeah. was no, no presumption that he needed to clean himself up no. or no, no shame of, could you even use me or why would you ever do this? That, that there's none of that. It was just yeah, straight on the surface asking or <laughs> telling, remember me. Yeah, that's it. That I mean, it. he just, yeah, he just cried out to him and. Uh, and I do think he was sincere. I think Jesus knew his heart. I think, you know, I I, I believe that even the, uh, the 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 ones farthest from God today, you grow closer to Jesus, that light will expose the sinfulness in your life, and you'll realize, just like we realize, that we do fall short. We are very apart. But man, he is a redeemer and a rescuer that that loves us and that will will forgive, even though. You know, we've done many things wrong, even though we might be just like this thief, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, he's just that kind of savior. He's just that kind of awesome, you know, <laughs> so right. Yeah. Right. So just incredible. That's great. So so let me dig further real quick into what we're doing. I We have have this uh, document here. Yesterday we had a special business meeting as a church and we elected a nominating committee which is required by our constitution and uh, we opposed some uh, amendments to the constitution gave those out and uh, still doing all those things uh, church polity wise which is the word for church government which is all extra biblical there's nothing in the bible about you need to have a, a constitution yeah. to be or you don't need to be chartered to be, you know. Yeah. All of these structures that we have, and we've established that the only thing that truly matters is is Christ. So with that, do these things matter and why? Why why do we have these structures? 
what's their place in the church today with all that being considered? Yeah. So I think, I think at the, you know, we're coming in, coming into a situation where things have been established in times past. And so, you know, there, there has been a mind chef, a, a mindset that has been put in place, a foundation that has been laid with these things. And so, you know, you want to prayerfully and, and slowly, a lot of times, you know, address these particular issues. I think the end goal would be that our guideline, you know, when I think of constitution, I think of kind of the guideline on how we, I don't really care for the phrasing, but how we conduct business in the church, kind of a standard baseline standard. But ideally at the end of it all, even though, you know, some of these things, like obviously you're not going to find a a nominating committee. You're not going to find these things necessarily in the scripture, but the best that we can, that the guidelines that we operate in under as the church lines up as close to the word of God as what they possibly can. And, And I think one of the things, you know, about the guidelines as we look at them and we pray about them and is that, you know, even at underneath some of these guidelines that we are consistently even putting scripture reference there to say, you know, this is why, this is why we are doing things this way, because this is what the Bible says about it. Um, and so I think, I think it's to try to bring everybody on the same page to, to create some sort of a, a structure, because I mean, honestly, we want the spirit to, but you know, it's a tricky, we don't want to, to be so confined by it that if the spirit moves, that we don't allow that to happen. Cause we say, well, it's mm-hmm. not supposed to happen like this. You know, and so there's a balance there that that is hard to find. And it's going to be a process of 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 seeking the Lord, growing close to him, growing more intimately uh, in intimacy in our relationship with him and and just being able to hear the voice of the spirit and following that and learning how to differentiate between the two. But at the at Mm -hmm. the at the foundation of it, it is a it is a guideline for operation. Um, and so one of the one of the hard things sometimes within the life of the church is when you get into the business part of it, because the church is a body, <coughs> excuse me, is a body of Christ. And, and so what, what we've done is to try to bring, I don't know if you would use the word stability or try to bring a, a unified standard, we've kind of brought some business practices in some sense, and maybe you see it differently, but from the world into the church and tried to, to bring that in. And that that's created. It can help if done in the right balance and light, but it can also be problematic, I think as well. And I think it's just figuring out biblically where that balance is. Yeah. It gets, it gets muddy because ideal in an ideal world, you can pull the best from everything and mesh it together into one big, beautiful conglomerate, you know, an unbeatable system. Yeah. But I think if that is our pursuit, we know that that's never going to, you're going to end up with a golden calf, an idol of your own making Making, instead of scripture. So on one side, there's that kind of thing. And you're, I'm skeptical of all these practices, but yet on the other side, I I know there is scriptural basis for things like church discipline. Order is a big thing, even in the created order of God. God didn't make things disorganized. In science, everything is coherent in in terms of what we can see. There is a supernatural and things we don't understand, but God is the God of order. So I think we do honor God as well corporately by having these structures, but it is really... It does start with the intent, and you're right. I know that that's not. It could be a cop out of talking through this and not actually getting to the topic and just talking about intent. But on intent level, if Christ is the center and we're focused on Him first and figuring out what that means truly in our hearts, then there's going to be less drama and less pressure to create this perfect system yep. because that all falls in line when you have Christ at the center. And that's hard for me to realize. I think at least my perception of church growing up, I know that this wasn't the hearts of the people at the churches <clears throat> I, I went to, but the per- perception was we have Christ as our main feature, but the inner workings of the church are all man-made. Yep. Yep. You know, and that's kind of the way it had the, like the, uh, you don't like to see how the sausage gets made, but that's, yeah. That that was kind of the, the dirty truth behind it, but I don't think that has to be the case. So I think I'm trying to figure out how that meshes, and I think that's the beauty. I think of 
a book like Acts too. There's no handbook of how to construct a church. And we have all these, as in, you know, A, B, C, D, this is what you have to do for it to be considered a church. Yeah. There are different models of church, even different denominations based on different interpretations of scripture. And these all could fall under the the umbrella of being a Christian. Yeah. So that's a good thing, I think, and should encourage us to have flexibility, even for an individual church body. How does that work for us in our mission, our community, even to where it, like you said, drives us toward relying on God while, while yet being wise in the way we conduct, not, not like blind, you know, just let it be what it'll be. How do we trust God while still having a system that promotes trusting God and, and, and having order? So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I get, I completely understand. Probably some of you understand the the thought process. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is tricky. And you know, the, the thing about like the church in acts is that, is that God was doing all that because it's his mm-hmm. church. God, we don't, if we're constructing the church, that's problematic in and of itself because it's God's church, you know, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't fit into our parameters. It doesn't always happen the way, you know, that we expect it to happen as we've talked about, like, because, it, you know, his ways are not our way. His thoughts are not, all, you know, they're, they're higher than us. So we, we don't see it's, it's his though. And I think that um, these, these parameters that, that we're talking about, these constructs of the church, if you will, internally, we, we just, we have to be careful that that we don't that we don't lose sight of the main thing in in our processes and i think sometimes mm-hmm. we can do that we can we can get caught up in our processes and really the one that we want to be guiding is the spirit of god so mm-hmm. when we look at hiring bringing people in when we look at putting people in positions when we look at like we should not be the lead really in any of that we should be seeking god's leadership in all of that that's right and yeah. and I think that that it can happen through this process, but there's probably times if God wants to say, I'm not going to go through that process, we got to be ready to say, okay, if this is way, if this is the way you're leading, then we need to be faithful to follow, right? Even right. if it doesn't fit in our box that we've made and ask God to be a part of it. <laughs> yes. You know? so, yes. Uh, but it's hard, you know, it's a, in the American church and, and so much of, a, especially a church that's been established for some time and they've went by a certain way for so long. It's, it's a mentality shift, I think, to try to, to try to grab hold onto the main and, and not focus on all the, the cobwebs, the, 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 the things that can be so confusing and distract, you know? Oh, for sure. And I think what, really this passage does in all of scripture is redefine our view of God to where Jesus is not someone who's separate, only cares about our spiritual life, whatever that means. He He's not only there when we pray, you know, all these things that we can think. He's not just there for part of our life. He's there for the whole of our life and the whole of what we face. And that especially for his bride, the church. Yeah. So with that, he's not just someone that's going to be a detached leader of the church, someone who we bring things to because we made them and we report to him. He will inform us of even those little things. And yeah. we have to believe that, that he will provide those things. And he's the kind of God that sustains his church and even in the practical ways. But with that being the focus, those things become very minute yeah yeah they do compared to all the scope of what god's trying to do yeah i mean and 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 it's it's all throughout the the processes of the church you know it's it's kind of got its grip on you know even our sunday morning worship you know i was just thinking about last week with the with the lady from columbia coming in i mean yeah that didn't fit in the process right like we Mm -hmm. weren't thinking you know, oh, God's probably going to bring someone that doesn't speak English, that we're going to need a translator, that she's going to, like, we weren't thinking on any of those terms, but it just goes to show that uh, that God is the one in control. Like, we're here for to worship Him, and so if things happen, we just have to say, awesome, you know, thank you, God. Thank you for letting us be a part of this, and, yeah. and we have to be open for Him to do what, what He's going to do. And I think sometimes if the balance gets off, it, be, it can become more of a hindrance 
than than something that helps us to grow closer and to focus more. Uh, it can actually be something that we kind of get caught up in and lose sight of more. Right. And, 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 but, but yeah, I mean, that's a good question. There's a, we could spend a whole podcast episode talking about that probably. Yeah. And you I'm know. sure it's going to be a theme of us moving forward. Um, because this isn't something that's going to be cut and dry. I know there's people much smarter than Daniel and I who are definitely much smarter than I who Stop have too, yeah. done more work on this scriptural things. I'm sure there's an ideal system, right? but everybody has one. But within that, that's right. If we see what God's doing, we see his power, as it said in Ephesians, and truly know that. I think there's kind of a sense, too, in the church life where um, I, just, I uh, got into a uh, a horror novel. This last week I saw it at the bookstore. Lauren and I went. It looked really good, uh, just really fun. I, I haven't read one in a while, but uh, it was about... Uh, just like this haunted house that they were in and they uh, were, you, you know, put these little things out to see if like ghosts were there to move them. And then one night it, they just shattered the whole room and it was just more than they ever expected. It turned out the night before that they, they thought had done something like move some things around, but it was one of the people on their crew. And it just made me think, even in that, I think sometimes we expect far too little of God. Yeah. It makes us really, really value things like constitution, bylaws, really holding tight to these relatively little things is that God can, if, if we don't see him moving in a certain way, it becomes easy to forget that he is the all-powerful creator with all the supernatural power that we could ever know yeah and if we're not expecting that then these things are going to become very important <coughs> because we have to we, we, we might feel like we have to do god's work for him or that we have to control what little god we have yeah but if god's a truly big god who can wreck our lives grow his church to thousands as he did in acts yeah. in a matter of hours if, if he can do all these things, bring revival, change the world, all these things that God does in Scripture, and he's doing today yeah. in places like you know Africa, China, all these underground churches, if we believe he's a God that can do that, then that it, 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 it has to change all that we value. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, that's I what agree. We're and, and it goes back to the thief. I mean, I think it goes back to the thief on the cross in some ways, like... You know, it was it was just him. It was just Jesus. You know, and that was the he was the key. He was the all. You know, in in the process. And and like you said, like there are there are so many things um, that really aside from this, the church can struggle with. Uh, yeah. But that God's word does address those things, like offenses in the church. You know, how do you address? You know, those things. Like this may not always speak directly to it. Yeah. But those are really the issues that come up a lot that God's word says, look, I've, I've covered that for you so that you know how. So so he has put a system in, in place. And there's a lot of letters in this that writes to churches that, that are written to churches, the different body of believers that we could that we can take instruction and guidance as far as with leadership in the church, as far as with uh, a lot of different things that we could we could really this is our, our foundation in every sense of the word. Yes. You know, and, and he is the authority in it all. And we we don't want to we don't 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 want to get into this concept of our process of thinking that says that our expectation is going to be limited yeah. by this. Right. Because we see in the book of Acts that it's limitless. I mean, there right. he shakes the ground, he he frees the prisoners, he you know, I mean, he does yeah. everything, you know, right. saves by the thousands and and so we we need to be careful not to limit, not to put limitations on who he is and what he can do. I think that even speaks to God's care to us in yeah. that even in the, he's this giant God who can do everything, but even in the, the little things like church discipline, that matters just as much to God because we matter to him and order matters to him and these little things are all a part of his plan. Yeah. So he's not just... He, he's not limited by our human expectation that if he's the CEO of the world, even put it in those terms, it's far more than that. But a CEO doesn't 
fry hamburgers, you right, know, right, yeah. but God's concerned with the line cook just as much as he yeah, is yeah. the, you know, owner of the restaurant, you know, I'm mixing metaphors, but all these things, God is in there. And we, we see that in the thief in the cross yeah. is that he gravitated to those who were despised by yeah. the world. And even in the cross, it's lost on us in the 21st century, but I'm looking to read a book. I listen to a podcast. I forget what it is now. There's a, a great book came out recently. At least it sounds like I haven't read it yet, but on the cross and what it truly meant then as such a symbol of, of shame and the ultimate terrible way of dying. That's how it was yeah. designed and meant to completely wipe someone off the face of the earth and the memory of them yeah. from that. And, and we see that even in the sense of Christ wasn't special enough in their mind to be crucified by himself. They put two thieves with him yeah, so that he was, you know, in Just the picture numbered, the same as them. Right. Numbered among the transgressors. Yeah, he was, that's right. And there's probably not like it was in the picture where there's like one taller cross at the center and then two smaller crosses on the side. Yeah. You know, they were all just there. They were, yeah. So Christ is the lamb of God and the, 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 the humble one who took away the sin of the world on the cross but yet he's high and lifted up because of that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. I mean, a beautiful savior. Everything. That's that's the one word that stays true. I think it's just beautiful. Like everything, his care for us, his forgiveness, his love, I mean, the grace, the, you know, humility and uh, just like you referenced earlier, you know, he didn't he, you know, he humbled himself or you briefly referenced it. I think, you know, he 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 didn't he didn't like come in and just uh, just bring out his authority and say, look, you got to listen to me. And, you know, he was just a humble, he was a humble servant. He washed his disciples. Feet. I mean, he just, just beautiful is the word. It is. Yeah. Is there anything from your study in the sermon that uh, it hit you afterward, didn't come out uh, or anything that uh, has hit you since preaching it that uh, has resounded in your heart? Um, there, there, there's been a lot, you know, just, and hearing, hearing other little excerpts and stuff, there's been a lot to this passage, a lot more than what I even realized. And I think God mm. just was faithful to, to help me to become aware, aware of, of it in the, in the process of things, you know, and I, I'm sure there's things that I probably had that I, that, that didn't come out, but uh, I think that it, it's so hard for me uh, to and I and I'm sure I don't do a great job of it. I just pray and ask God to to do what only He can do. It's so hard for me to uh, to be able to articulate what I see mm. clearly because I feel like that we have such a a concept of generalities, and we hear certain scriptures so often that we're like, oh yeah, we know that, but but it's different to know it in your head and to see it as the Spirit shows it. So, so the, 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 the central, and we talk about this so much and God, this has been something God's been showing me a lot, even in our podcast episodes is that everything comes back to Christ and, and the magnitude of that, like even me speaking it, people probably hear it and they're like, oh yeah, of course, but no, no, it's, it's more than that. It's more than just the, of course it's, it's right. like he, he was the thief is representation of all of mankind. Mm. You know, we mm. we do not have hope without the one at the center cross. <laughs> like that's a, that's the thing like and I guess I just I I don't do a great job always of being able to express that because I, I wish I could just like, you know, you think those power those powerpoints or whatever those uh when you have a projector and it just projects onto the screen like if you could just see as God is showing it to through my, you know, just as I've seen it, uh, that's what I really yeah. want because I'm like, man, don't don't miss this because this guy is 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 dying, uh, and we are dead in our trespasses and sins, as the Bible says. So we are dying too, like mm. from the time we're born. You know, we are in this. I know it seems kind of kind of 
ugly to say, <laughs> kind of <laughs> bleak, but it's but we are like it's this mm. process. We are sinful beings. We are criminals, and we are offensive against God. We uh, and we are we don't have any. We don't have hope in good works. We don't have hope in in church attendance. We don't have hope in we don't have hope in anything else. Like they're there, we are just like this thief, and and really we overcomplicate it. We we do this constitution thing with repeat the prayer. I think we we come up with these parameters when really like we just need to get close to him enough to to see who we are to see who he is and just to cry just to ask him you know just to, oh my goodness just yes. to speak to him and and then everything changes and 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 i i think it's hard to get that out like in clarity and it may just sound like i'm just just a bunch of words but i just see it so vividly it's so powerful. I, I read an article from Christianity Today earlier this week. I'll put in the show notes. Very powerful that we've uh, just arguing that we've done that even with the concept of daily devotions. Personally, yeah. all these extra biblical ideas that we prop up to the height of this is how I follow Christ. Yeah, yeah. In the sense that if I, you know, wake up, read ABC verses, pray, off on my merry way, that's equal to following Christ. But scripturally, that, that falls so short of what it means to have faith, to know Christ, and it, it does change everything. Even, even like you're saying with, with, with preaching, there has to be a level where you're knowing Christ first, yeah. and that's going to be impossible, even hard to replicate in our words yeah, but it should create something in us that's more than just the going through the motions ABC definition of being a Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, everything like everything comes out of Him. So, like, even as a pastor, as a worship leader, like if if things are are taking place that are good, are in the spiritual realm. I'm not talking about just looking pretty. I'm saying good in a spiritual realm. Then, then. All of that only comes from him. Like it comes through an intimacy. It comes through him speaking life into you and truth. It comes like it. Do, it's not something that we create. It's something that that he has done, and he is the completion and fulfillment. And and and, and so like even even in, in a message like this, it's not something that you know. How often I and I often think of this, and you probably. How often, even in songs sung, do we uh, do I read this passage and have I read this passage, but I'm not seen it? Yes, not really seen it. I, I, I he, he allowed me to see it this time, but I've read over it, but but didn't really recognize it for the power that that was contained within until mm-hmm. God, until you spent some time just resting on the passage. Yeah, you know, just 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 seeking Christ out, almost seeing Christ clearly in the passage, uh, mm-hmm. and then that is communicate, you know, hopefully, you know, Lord willing, that that's what shines through in the, and that's really one of my biggest fears is like when, and I'm sure it is, is that, that it would be me at all. Like, I don't want it to be like, don't, don't, don't yeah. be me, Lord, help me not to be a part of this. I want them to see just as beautifully as I've been blessed to see, or as convicting or as powerful. I want them to see that. Yeah. And not, not anything about what I my take on it would be because that doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. like they need you. They need to see. You know, you are the one that always needs to be seen. So and that's where true security even comes. And I think that's probably at the base of a lot of these efforts to shore up processes and make sure we're doing the right thing. Quote unquote, is that there's security found in that? If you feel like you're doing the right thing, then you can see the path that you're going on. But there is since the. Sp- Christ is unseen to us yeah. right now. We haven't seen him, but yeah, we know him, as yeah. the scripture says. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is the one doing that in your heart, per the scripture, to enlighten that truth to where it is just more than words you're reading on a page into truth that is known in your heart as if you've seen it. Yeah. So there becomes a point to, even back to the faith piece, to where we believe that it is more sure more sure of a thing to rely on Christ for guidance, even though he sees the way and we often don't see the way, Mm -hmm. even in terms of the practicalities of constitution, but in our daily life, it, it is better scripturally to leave the things to Christ and to pray and to 
bring our, you know, bring cares, concerns before God, trust in him that he's going to guide you into life, then do things like enter, you know, either daily devotions in the morning, opening to a random passage, hoping for a divine word from God to be like, you will do this, this, and this today. Yeah. Or to say, I'm going to make this constitution the, the best that it could be per any lawyer standards or business standards especially that, that would be completely secondary to just trusting God for what he's revealed to us in scripture, truly believing that is inerrant, sufficient, complete for our faith, and to rely on Christ, who is the perfect object of our faith. Yeah. And it makes it, and it makes it about Christ, you know, right. and instead of about, uh, and just like you said with the scripture, I think sometimes I heard someone say, they kind of referenced this the other day is that, you know, sometimes we, we, we are seeking an emotional experience in our scripture reading. And, and, and so a lot of times yeah. what people regurgitate, it brings out the emotion because they've experienced that themselves, but that we, we don't, we rely on Christ so intimacy with Christ, and so that that is what we we seek and we strive and we strive for His leadership, and that may not always be exactly what we think or expect it to be, but our security and satisfaction is in Him. Like He is right. that foundation, and that's that's monumentally important for being a Jesus follower. <laughs> that's right, and that's the place that we're going to be going throughout all of these. We're not going to find the exact answer to all these things. And I think if you're looking for that, you might not be satisfied with today's answer because it doesn't exist and it won't exist until we see Christ in glory because the object of our faith is Christ. So on Friday, we're going to get into a conversation about politics, what that means for a Christian and so on. We're going to continue down this path. And because Christ is the center of our faith, that's what satisfies. Right. We, even though we're not complete in our knowledge or our faith is is not complete in the sense that we have not seen Christ yet, it is because he's going to lead us there, and we're sure of that because of his work on the cross. That's right. So, Amen. Uh, so yeah, well, I would encourage you to listen in on Friday if you get the chance. It, uh, it'll be a, an interesting one, probably, to say the least, as we, as we dig into uh, some things that uh, can be challenging that are floating around in the world. Uh, but, but like we often find, it, it leads back, because Christ is our example, it all leads back to him. And that's, that's, where, that's the representation that we hold. We, hold. we represent the name above all names in all that we do, and we, and we always find our way back there. So glory to God. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So thank you so much for listening today. We'd love to hear your questions either today or uh, with whatever we miss on Friday's episode. You can find our emails in the uh, description of the show, the show notes. And uh, we are a ministry, obviously, of Rolling Hills Baptist Church in Fairfield, Ohio. And we say it every every time, but uh, any media or podcast is, is, is no replacement for the role of the local church in your life. So um, if you're in the Cincinnati area, Fairfield, we'd love to have you with us. You can visit us to learn more about our church at 4Fairfield, F-O-R, Fairfield.com or if you're somewhere else we'd love to connect you with a local church in your area as well so uh yeah thanks man you have anything else uh, Uh, no thanks for listening in i hope you hope you all have a great week and hope you'll join us on friday see you friday have a good day